you know. Right, we're, we're live. We were talking about comms earlier, Sean. What's going on? <laughs> what a we're shambles. Live. What an absolute shambles. Sean, restart it. <laughs> no, you, you know what? I actually like when like things things actually go wrong. Because again, go you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you know, um, I just want to uh, thank everyone for joining the Monday Night Mayhem group where we talk about all things football. Again, you know, it's just people that just want to have a bit of fun, uh, nothing too serious. Uh, and again, um, thank you to everyone that's actually on the call right now. Um, Sean or Barry, what do you guys want to um, start with? What was going to talk about um, the African Cup of Nations? And I was going to bring Callum in about the uh, <laughs> the refereeing. Uh, slight mistake that happened in one of the games when he <laughs> when he called the game on, off too early, and then um, he did it for a second time as well. I did try and play devil's advocate in the refs network, but I got. Um, it didn't work out too well for me. Uh, I don't know if you saw that, Callum. I did see that, yeah. Um, someone tried ripping into you, didn't they? Yeah, then you <sighs> left. <laughs> I, just, I was just trying to say yeah. that... I was just trying to work out whether everyone was going by the stadium time and he, the ref was going by a completely different time. I, I wasn't sure. I didn't want to drop the ref under a bus and say he was a complete idiot and didn't know what he was doing because... I didn't know. I didn't know whether he had no. two watches or whether he had the, both watches went awry. Or I was just trying to sort of defend him a little bit. But the other ref in there wasn't having it. No, he wasn't, was he? He. Um... No. You know, so. I'm not sure what went on there. <laughs> I don't have a clue or how a referee can get that wrong to be honest oh yeah he got it wrong twice didn't he but yeah anyway. play over you can play over you know there's been referees in supply leagues and stuff for in England that I'm pretty sure I've heard of that have got an absolute rollicking and I'm saying rollicking with an R <laughs> because we're recording Ooh, look at you Boom. Um, because they've played less time than they're meant to. And that's uh, less time by like six seconds. Seconds? Yeah, seconds. So who get... So who... So what time are they going by? So they're going by their watch time. They're going by what time? They're going by their watch time. Yeah, yeah what I mean is... The ref, say if the ref sets his watch at, I don't know, you know, then, mm. someone else sets their watch a couple of seconds later, mm. it's sure it's the ref's watch that they go by. Yeah. And this is where comms comes in handy because, yeah. you know, the ref could be saying, my watch is saying time to his fellow linesman and they'll be like, no, there's actually four minutes left. Five minutes left. And that's where... So, I don't know. Has he... The question is, is, has he left his watch running, forgetting to stop it? 
or not stopping it at half time? Well, you would, yeah, that's you would, well, you would think that, you know, I thought referees normally would wear maybe two or three watches and then literally have that conversation with the fourth official, you know, just to pull out from a few things. Um, especially in a, a, I don't know. My understanding is they have two watches. Well, this is what I've been told to have as a, when I'm refereeing. Whether referees do or not is two different complete stories. I don't. I go by one watch and that one watch only. It buzzes when it's time and I it can't it won't kick off until I say so. But I've been told you meant to have two watches, one that counts up and one that counts down. Right. Okay. okay. I don't know what the FIFA rules are on it well i mean I, I i don't know i mean of course there's there's been stories about you know like the referee being being paid off and things like that yeah. but you know um i was big I in believe, africa though, isn't it it, it can yeah, be quite big but, in africa yeah but i mean not not in a tournament uh as like you know she big as this and you know also as well um I know that they literally got another referee or one of the four officials to actually come uh, to actually finish off. I think it was like last two or three minutes, but Tuesday decided not to. So mm. it's you know it's kind of one of these things where you, you know I, I've always respected officials from grassroots all the way up to the uh, elite level, and and uh, it is a hard job to actually get it wrong and twice. You kind of uh, lose respect, don't you? You lose 100%. respect. One hundred percent. One, you time. know, yeah. It, if I did that, then I'd expect to not referee for in that tournament again. I don't know if that's happening with him. I believe he's been suspended. Has he? Well, oh. that's what. I mean, I can't see him, you know, refereeing like another game in the tournament. No, no way. this is where we I, see ref in the final, but you know, <laughs> that's another story, isn't it? If he does, yeah, but I mean, I, you know, yeah, I mean, I I remember when Howard Webb, and we've probably gone a little bit off topic, but um, I know when Howard Webb refereed the final, it was Holland, was it Holland, Spain, yeah, and like that was a brutal game. I mean, yeah. and literally, Howard Webb got absolutely crucified. Um, you know, you know, like he could have, well, not could have, he should have sent off like a couple of players, and you know, he just said that the game, yeah, yeah. Um, I think he booked someone twice, yeah, yeah, two like yellows, yeah. And again, you know, this is the final, and you know, he even said, like, you know, he just he just lost the plot, it was just it was just absolutely crazy. So, um, in that type of game, it's easy to do though. You look at it. That was a crazy game. You wouldn't see that in your lifetime again. No, but you know, again, you know, it. Don't you think it's a referee that, that actually sets the tempo of the game? You know, so you know, if if a referee yes. at whatever level um, starts giving out yellows for mm. like you know really crazy challenges, then like you would hope that the players on you know either team would say, okay, you know what, it you know it's this type of ref, so we so like we've. So we've got to be a little bit more careful with 
with our challenges. I don't know. So what I've been told is that you set the tone in the first 10 minutes and you also end the tone in the first in the last 15 minutes. So you do everything. So you even get the niggliest fouls in the first 15 minutes. You blow up for them. You blow you blow for a foul. The niggliest foul you should. And then also the last 15 minutes when it's starting to get heated, if it's one all, you know, it's starting to get a little bit heated, you blow for everything. Other than that, you let the game flow how it's flowing. But the referee sets the tone in the first 15 minutes. That is the time to set the tone. That's what I've been told. That's what I've been advised. And uh, would you kind of count yourself as a good referee or a great referee? Fabrice, <laughs> <laughs> as you say, a great is a strong word. <laughs> no, I would, I, I would like to think I'm a good referee that maybe one day have the potential to become a great referee, but we will soon see. Who are the referees that you look up to and uh, model your game off? Oh, that's a good question. That I don't really know because you know throughout my up until a year ago, I was a player slash manager slash whatever you want to call it, you know. So I always looked at players as my idols and stuff like that. But I would like to think I would be in between a Howard Webb and a Mark Plattenberg. That is filthy. <laughs> it would be filthy, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be horrific. The amount of stuff you would mean. <laughs> I'd also like to add about five to ten minutes on to Man United games and stuff like that, apparently. Yeah. Uh, no. No, but like authoritative wise, they are two of the best referees for authoritative wise in the Premier League that we've had. They set the tone, they've you know they've let the game flow, but a player always knows where he stands with that referee. I'd refer What's myself to, uh, to a Mike Dean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's a comical <laughs> referee, isn't he? <laughs> ref, ref hard when, when I'm there and then party hard with Trampmit. Yeah. Yeah, he is an interesting character, Mike Dean. He loves it. <laughs> loves it. Well, you know, um, I can't say I kind of model myself um, to a referee because, you know, I'm, I'm like still a great player. I'm honestly, I'm, you know, sorry, I'm Kalamad. You know, literally, I, I don't have the slash coach slash manager slash referee. <laughs> you know, I'm literally sorry. I'm not, you know, literally, I'm not jack of all trades, mate. Sorry. Is that why you spend more time recording games than you do actually playing them, Sabrice? Wow. He's one holding the camera. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that hurt. <laughs> I can't we did a did a podcast earlier and we were uh, speaking to Ian. Um, I messaged him after he was um, scouting for Wimbledon, and I said to him, uh, "It's a category D for for Debris. Don't even look at him. Like, I've done it. <laughs> Blacklisted." <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh dear, oh dear. Um, what's the next topic? My, my the next topic I would like to to go on is um about how the Afcon and the Concaf are all tournaments that are very undermined um mm. by the UK and streaming wise and we don't talk about it very much and they're not high on people's watch list. No. And how we can improve it. Wow. What a question. I would like to say it's not it's not high up on you know on the list for clubs to allow their players to go or there not to be a fallout I know it's a bit off topic, but not to be a fallout over it because I want to say, you know, it's a long way for them to go, for the players to go. When they come back, they're jet lagged, especially with COVID. They're having to go through all this two week quarantine. They're losing the players for a possibly, I don't know, how long's it, how long's AFCON go on for? Four weeks? Eight weeks? Uh, for... Four weeks, four weeks, four weeks, I believe. Four, yeah, weeks. four weeks. So you've lost the players for you've lost the players for eight weeks. Six weeks, six weeks. Ah, so you've lost the player. You've you've lost the players for ten weeks then, because you've got to count two weeks before and two weeks after as COVID quarantine. Hello, guys. Jesse. Jesse. Hello, Jesse. I just Hi. um I I just want to let you know, Jesse, that we are actually recording this conversation. So like, no slander, please. Like you know. <laughs> I don't slander. <laughs> I think you know it. You can, you can, you're a great player. You stopped it then. <laughs> <laughs> See? Tobriz, Tobriz, you're the one that's slandering now. Oh, my gosh. And I and I literally started off this year saying, you know what, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. I'm just going to listen and just agree to it. And are, you sure? like, are you sure about, are you sure about this that? Is, this is absolute, ma- absolute madness. Absolute madness. But Jesse, we um, um, we were just talking about how how the coverage is regarding the African nations. Um, and literally that's, that's on all platforms. And, you know, what can we like do to to actually make more like people aware of um the games that are happening and um, do you think it's ever going to change anytime soon changing what sense is that what do you mean but i still don't understand what you meant by changing making people aware yeah i think what exactly trying to say is will it be more popular Oh, yes, definitely. We need to make it more popular, especially we, well, Africans. We need to make it be more popular, even on this platform, on this. Um, it's just like what I did the other day, last week. I think was playing. I can't remember the team that was playing. That was asking guys, what do they think about the game if they were watching? But nobody came to me and say, I didn't know if anybody was watching then anyway. But, the game so far has been fantastic. There has not been any dull game whatsoever. And I'm sure a lot of people can see the um, the physicality of the game. The thing is, you've got... I don't understand why it's not watched more. You've got some world-class players playing in that tournament. Absolute 
ballers. And because it's not Messi or Ronaldo or Lewandowski, exactly, no one's wanted to watch it. Yeah, exactly. And you know the funniest thing is this: on Saturday, on Sunday actually, was it on Sunday or Saturday? One of the weekends, uh, African Nation was live, and Sky Sport did not come on live. It came after the game had been played, and it was still showing live. Uh, am I am I am I able to just say something about about this? Go on, yeah. Chris. <laughs> um, all, all all I think is because I, I thought about this the other day, and I think until they make it a summer tournament, i.e., in between the World Cup and the Euros, and make it in the summertime, I don't think you're going to get a response in the way that we would all like. And it's nothing to do with the players or anything like that. Unfortunately, the public would always see any tournament coming in the middle of the season, a bit like the England international breaks, as just an annoyance that you can't watch the Premier League. So until they move the African Nations Cup to out of, you know, like a, and treat it in the same respect as a World Cup or whatever and put it in the summer when everybody will switch on the TV and look at it, um, I don't think it's ever going to get the coverage. But it's nothing to do with the players or the teams. It's to do with the fact that it's just... It's just seen as an irritant of stopping you watching the Premier League with all the players that you want to see. That's the thing, yeah. There's there's still Premier League, and uh, I see your point there, Chris. There's still Premier League. There's still I... Championship. There's still, you know, a lot of leagues that are on TV, which, as Brit, as a British person, you know, and don't take this wrong way, anyone, but. If a Premier League's on, Premier League game's on, and an Afcon game's on at the same time, yeah, what are you going to watch? League. You're going to yeah. watch Premier League. Yeah. Cool sure. I get that. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So until it, they know, split the league, it's not going to change. Hmm. Now, uh, I'm not sure about the changing, but looking at do we have enough window in between the european um euro and the world cup do we have enough window considering the fact that african nations comes up every two two years how long does the euro come up two two years okay. you, could have it, you could have it every other year so you can have the world cup then the african nations the following year then the euros then the african yeah. nations cup and then the world cup again but then the argument is, is it too hot over there to be playing football? Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's going to be too hot yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. It's definitely well, too hot. I, I, yeah, I mean, that is a point. I, I, just, I just think what, whilst it's in the middle of the season, it's always gonna, it's never going to gain the, the leverage that it needs. And it should, but it won't because, no. yeah, I just, I just think people see it something in the way of what they want to watch. You know, yep. you know what, like, um, no matter what we think of the media, yeah, uh, and, you know, the media will always go with what's popular. And, um, you know, it is it is what it is. You know, listen, we, there's like Salah there, who's arguably, you know, probably the best player, you know, in the world at this present moment in time. There's no arguing uh, about it. Yeah, you know, but, you know, it, it's, it is what it is. It's, you know... Um, People will probably still watch the Liverpool Brentford game, um, than the Nigeria um, Egypt game. You know, it is what it is. Uh, 
will it, will it change? Uh, I can't see it changing because you know there's a there's kind of always a new generation of you know African talent. Um, so we're like we're kind of talking about the talent now, but 20, 20 years ago, you know that the you know like the crop of talent was probably the same, if not better, and like the coverage wasn't there. And probably in the next twenty years, you know the kind of talent's going to get even you know better. So I, it's it's kind of one of those things where um uh will will like Sky or BT or Amazon you know change their scheduling I, I can't see it because you know again it all comes down to money um and and whatever we kind of think about the premiership or um the euros or the world cup that's literally where the sponsors literally want to be seen that's literally where the money's made that's literally what we all also want to see as well Mm. All I would say is look at the World Cup that's happening later this year. Money talks, doesn't it? So if someone was to get, if some big, I don't know, business or someone really rich was to get behind the um, African Nations Cup, they could move it to whatever they wanted. Do you know what I mean? It's about, like you just said, it's about money. And I think the problem you've got, even the Premier League managers, although they go, I don't mind losing X, Y, and Z to the African Nations Cup, whatever, you can tell they begrudgingly don't do it. And it also hinders some... Uh, of the African nations players being signed by club because they they take into consideration the month or the two months that they may not have that player and mm. I think I think I think it's just unfair all, all, all round really for those players because um maybe they miss out on opportunities that they would otherwise get and I think until they move it I think you've you can always have this issue and I think there's someone out there with a load of dough that could quite easily sort it out. Aside from <laughs> that, or I'm load of dough. I I love that. Just a load of dough. Yeah. It's either that or the Premier League needs to bite the bullet and accept what great managers are saying in the Premier League. I think that's one of the reasons why some Premiership teams are sceptical getting the getting African players because they know when it's winter time that they are needed the most, they are out playing the Nations Cup, the African Nations Cup. I'm not sure if that's true. I mean, if I'm right, but I'm just thinking out of the box. That's probably one of the reasons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah possibly. Sad, sadly, but, that, is, that is a reason. Like yeah. I was saying, it, it's either that or the Premier League needs to bite the bullet, Premier League and the, well, the FA needs to bite the bullet and basically say, there's a winter break now. Yeah, they've exactly. been fighting it off for so long, and I don't think it's much longer they can fight off. Is the Premiership debating now to have a um, a winter break? Mm. Are they not debating to have a winter break? If they have yeah. a winter break, can they can the African nations not go on? If I don't know how long the break, the break is going to be, but I don't well, think like, clubs would be as uh, badly fighting players to not go if there was, what, a three or four week winter break. You know, because then they've only lost the players, like I said, they've only lost the players for then six weeks instead of ten. Yeah. Or four weeks instead of eight. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Mm. It's, yeah. the minimum they've lost a player for is what, three weeks? Three years, between yeah. three to four weeks, yes. Between three to four weeks, and then mm -hmm. take COVID into that for two two weeks per, 
So the, at the moment, the minimum they've lost a player for is six to eight weeks. Yeah. 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 That's true. True. So um, I just COVID's want it's not exactly yeah. helping the situation. <laughs> but <laughs> what can we do? I, I, I think the more we talk about it and then try to reason with ourselves and um I think with this we can um a voice can be heard anyway. FIFA can I think FIFA is trying to regulate it as well. I don't know what they've tried, what they've done so far. They still need to speak with calf. Calf needs I think this is one of the this is one of the major uh points that is being raised with a calf regarding the time of the nation's cup. You know, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, so we are halfway through recorded Monday Night Mayhem, and I just want to thank everyone that's been listening. Uh, and again, anyone out there that's on the podcast, please go and subscribe to the Ultimate Football Network on Twitter. Uh, so we're halfway through. I would love to talk about one topic for like 10 minutes. I would love to talk about Newcastle. We, you know, uh, hey, let's let's whoa, whoa, come on. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, hold on, hold on, come on. Wait, wait, wait. No, hold on, no, come on, come on. Let me have my say. Come on. <laughs> okay. Go on. No, no. Okay, now go. Okay, go on and go on. Yeah, and get I was it. thinking. I was thinking. Initial uh, agreement was we talked about. Have we finished talking about the nations club? Yeah. What because do you want to talk about yesterday? I was going to ask a question. Has everybody seen all the matches and and the teams? No. What do they think about the teams so far? Okay. I have seen a few games and it, it exactly what you said before, Jesse. It's you know, it's some very physical, uh, it's very fast 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 paced. Um, I won't kind of call it kick and rush football because literally I think that's a little bit disrespectful. Um, but yeah, you know, um, it is entertaining. I would have loved to have seen packed out stadiums because, um, of course, you know, that just kind of brings a, like a different vibe. Um, who do I think is going to win it in terms of um, everyone that I've seen? I, I think it's either going to be Nigeria or. Nigeria or oh, gosh. Cam- Cameroon possibly um, outside chance, but um, but yeah, um, I think you know, I think um, a lot of the players there are literally almost playing playing for a big move. So you know you so you you know that they're you know I think it's it's kind of almost like one of the most purest sides of international football because you know. Um, it, you know, they are literally playing for their families, they're playing for their livelihoods. You can know it's 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 just so evident to see. Um but yeah, no, I, I will kind of continue to like watch as many games as I possibly can. I still feel I still feel yeah, well, Nigeria but my some people might actually be favoring Nigeria to win it, but I still see some few things that are that have spring some surprises. Cause I mean Ghana were supposed to be there, but Ghana were, you know. But 
Ivory Coast is still there. Cameroon. And then Guinea. Guinea that beats um, the defending champ champion. Uh, Algeria. Yeah. Who saw the game? Who saw the game today? The Cape Verde game. With, uh, I, I saw the Cape Verde game. I saw that one yeah. as well. Their number eleven is what pretty tasty, isn't he? Number eleven. Yeah. You see, that's it. That's the thing. Good finish. Even some of the players there are, you know, you know, they're worth saying more. But it's been a fantastic Sierra game Leone. so far. Anyway, Sierra Leone is quite a good um, underdog as well. Who? Sierra Leone. Oh yeah, yeah. Sierra. It's funny enough. I was going to talk about Sierra Leone because there's a player there that somebody's talking to me about, and this player has had um, history about going to coming to Europe and couldn't stay. You know and. Somebody said he was one of the most expensive players in Sierra Leone. That moves between the clubs in Sierra Leone. And guess how much was he um did he move for? Mm. Did you want to guess? I'm a Anybody want to guess how much was he that he moved for and he was his most expensive player? Um, um one of the top, but how do I put this? Most expensive player in Sierra Leone. Uh, a million buy. pounds. All a million dollars. A million. It wasn't even up to a hundred dollars. I mean, hundred thousand dollars. Forty-five. No, it was thirty. Thirty. Yeah, thirty thousand. Wow. Thirty thousand. Yeah. Wow. Something you I could imagine about you've got the um Stephen Cocker. No, not Stephen uh, Cocker. It was actually it's Musa. Not him. No, no, it's not him. But it was Musa, Musa Kamara, the striker. Oh, wow, thirty thousand. Well, I mean that's that's um that's probably Eddie Howe's annual you know, annual wage at, at Newcastle right now. <laughs> But um, but hey, you know, like, again, you know, I think it's a kind of conversation, and like, I think the kind of African nations is something that we'll be talking a lot more about. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I would literally love to uh, talk about Newcastle for the next ten minutes, if okay. you guys will allow me to. Okay. Um, Let me start it off to brace. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. All right. Okay. Eddie Howe is still a great manager. There we go. <laughs> He's a great manager. Yeah, you tell him, Jesse. <laughs> he is a great manager. What are you talking about? He you know, is. told him that. He can't listen. Why are you not listening that he's a great manager? This is Tabrice that doesn't listen. <laughs> all right, so I just want to say this present moment in time to uh, all of the new listeners and and like also the people in the group as well. Um <laughs> <laughs> so of, of course we're like Newcastle are at this present moment in time um, I believe that Eddie Howe was not their first choice and it's now looking so obvious regarding 
the signings that he's bringing to Newcastle, aka uh, a poor man's Andy Carroll, Chris Woods. Great. Um, Whoa, hang on a minute. That's harsh. What? That is harsh. Listen, what? I would rather have Andy Carroll than Chris Woods. Please, guys. Ah, guys yeah, what? Come on. Come on. Oh my! Hey, wait. Uh, okay, you know what? Are you being serious? Wait, wait, hold on, hold. Are you being serious? I just listen. You know what? I just want to again. You know, hope again. You know, listen. I, I, you know, I, I know that every single person in this group has has an immense, extensive football knowledge. One hundred percent. Like I'm not even going to go down that road. But please, guys, you guys cannot tell me. Newcastle, supposed to be the richest club in the world, one of their marquee signings is the Burnley striker Chris Woods. Can you please tell me what's the difference between Chris Woods and Andy Carroll? Hold on, hold on. First and foremost, maybe I should say this. First and foremost, that is not their marquee signing. I was just about to say that. No. No. No, no way. No, no. They say hard up. They're just adding players to what they have. They've not signed their yeah. marquee players. Yeah. So that is not their marquee player. What and then somebody, hold on. Somebody said something the other day that this signing could be a signing that would probably help mm. if they go down players that will bring them straight back. Okay, so it's a glass. Okay, you know what? So it's a glass half empty. I get it. I understand. I I totally understand. <laughs> Chris, Chris, I would love to get your opinion about this. Right, is that me or the other Chris? Um, it's it's you, Chris. As in you, don't <laughs> you speaking now? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, th this is th th this is this is basically Eddie Howe signing the players that he knows won't have relegation clauses in their contracts that should get them out of the mess they're in on, on paper, but they need about another five players. But um, Chris Wood, if you look at his goal ratios, every club he's been at, he's actually, he's actually very, very good and he is a very good player. Um, for me, I think Eddie Howe's being realistic and he's signing players that he can realistically get a performance out of. If he goes and signs a load of players from France or whatever, he might end up like my my good old mates at Spurs with him, Dombley, and end up with someone that just goes out and doesn't doesn't do what he's meant to do. And then they are going down. So it's it's very difficult, I think, to know what to do for the best. But that's Eddie Howe, that's the type of player that he would sign. The two players he signed are his, his players. Uh, I actually that, think that Chris Wood is actually going to work quite well yeah. at Newcastle, considering that they've they've got the skillful outlet of Saint Maximum. Yeah, and Chris Wood is a big, strong striker who can hold up the ball for play for Saint Maximum to run onto, or he can even score goals. So, yeah, it, I think. Can I just can I just throw one in here? I'm going to do this because it's it's going to it's going to make you all explode. But um, I'm not a fan of Saint Maximum. Hey, Chris, Chris, oh. why, is that, why is that though? I just want to. Why? Yeah. What, the, the problem I can see for Chris Wood especially is what you've got is 
Um, you've got a player like St. Maximan who ain't never going to put a ball in his head for, for one. Two, two, um, Trippier hasn't got the pace to get from right back further enough up to put a ball in for him either. So that what they're lacking is, is Stuart Ripley and Jason Wilcox. They need two proper old, old wingers. Now, St. Maximan for me, I've watched him time and time again. There's the little moment of magic he does, but he's so, and I understand why he is, but he's so greedy. And a lot of the time, it just doesn't happen. And he makes the wrong decisions. And I just don't, um, when you're down in the dumps like they are, they need him, but they need they need him to not be so greedy, in my opinion, personally. I just, I just think he's a luxury that when you're in a relegation fight, you don't need luxury. You need just basic 4-4-2, like Burnley. <laughs> and just put balls in the box because why sign Chris Woods? It's like when Liverpool signed Andy Carroll and they're, they're playing with um, three up, three up top with him. Well, he's never going to score goals like that. Can, so can we sit there and categorically say that honestly, Sam Maxman has had any what anyone, any player that he can sit there and say I can pair up with him if he's up front, but but uh, but I get. But again, kind of going on. Sorry, um, I know Diego and Jose want to say a few things. So yeah, <laughs> if like you guys wanna wanna chime in, please, please do. No, I mean Sir Maxima looks like Albert Ellis from Bordeaux. He's uh, the same comparison. I saw him the other day, and they're just almost the same type of player. Just one thing I don't understand about Newcastle is why they didn't buy Coutinho. Thank you. You know what, Diego? That's what I'm because you know what? Because Coutinho, they can't, no, they couldn't sign him. He was gonna no, go no, to no, him. no. He wouldn't no, go there. No, Thank you. Go there. Be, because, like, yeah, exactly. Because, like, he looked at Eddie Howard and said, You know what? What have you done in your career, mate? No, and then he's like, You know what? I want to. He's Of course, he's gonna go to Villa. He's always going to go to Villa. Listen, yeah. no, no, listen, Suarez, listen, I can listen, actually, I can Suarez go in there. Ho- Jose, uh, I like same discussion on uh, Suarez on, might go there. Yeah, Suarez but... is the next Villa player as well. Suarez might, might go there. Together again. Uh, Jose, you uh, had something to say about Saint Saint Maxima. I, I rate him as a, he's definitely got skill he's definitely got technical ability I completely understand what you mean about him not being the, potentially the right fit for a relegation battle because you just you do need a player that's just going to play for the team and do what's necessary which I can see how he might not actually do but then again the Chris Wood partnership with Cornet as I think was really working for, for Burnley is that something maybe they could do with Newcastle as well? But maybe he might lack that in product, so I'm not entirely sure. The only trouble is they're different, they're different players because Cornet actually looks up and looks to pass to on his teammate. That's the one, yeah. Out there on his own, and I understand why he is because he's playing with potentially a lot of clowns that he thinks are below him, and I get it. But you know, there's eleven of you out there. You've got a yeah. When you're in the fight, yeah, I think he's a brilliant player. I'm not saying he's not good, but like um. Adama Traore, great player, great skill and all the rest of it. And then the end product can sometimes be a bit... But that's what you get with them players. They're luxuries and you have to you have to find a way to make it all fit. But I don't understand buying Chris Woods without playing two out-and-out wingers. Well, I mean, again, you know, that's how it nets uh, Eddie Howell <laughs> you know, at, at this present moment in time. Um, Newcastle will get relegated. 
Um, no. he, you know, I don't think they will. No, no. 100%. No. It is. Nah. Nah. There's now a poll in the... Uh, in he the won the other day against Arsenal, but he's sh- like really short on first-team players. Hmm. Oh. If he, he had one 15-year-old at the bench, didn't he? Who's that? Yes, he did. Yeah. Leeds. Yeah. Mm. They're really yeah. short-handed. If it keeps going and Newcastle gets a, a, a run for five play, five games winning, this is in the in the relegation battle, for sure. Third, Everton, yeah, will get. I think they'll be close, very close. So, so literally, we are can all say that Norwich are down. So it's just yeah. uh, Norwich is going to go down. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I also think Burnley will. Any in, in the scouting department? You know, Newcastle, out of all their fixtures left, they've got very easily winnable games. Mm. You know, they've got Leeds. They've then got Everton. Um, they've then got Villa, which isn't which will be a hard one. West Ham will be a hard one. They've then got Brentford. Which could be a draw. Brighton's going to be a hard one. Chelsea will be a hard one. They've then got Palace. They've then got um, Tottenham. So sorry, you know what? So, sorry, I just want to interrupt you there. You like you're kind of read you you actually really enough these like names, you know, all these teams as if in the previous games that Newcastle have played that they've been playing like really well and you know literally just like missed out on a kind of goal or two. They've been they've been dire. Like confidence yeah. is low. Defensively, they've made so like many mistakes. They don't score goals, so you know um, we keep saying, "Oh, you know what? Um, you know Newcastle because of the money and because of the status of the club, etc." You know what? Again, like the table doesn't lie. They've been playing absolutely horrible. Absolutely, yeah, but they horrible. had Mike Ashley as an owner until recently. Which, to be honest, would you want to play brilliantly for Mike Ashley? No. Uh, well, no, but you know, no, but then. Then you, as a professional player, you like have to do your job. So, like, it doesn't matter who's who's the owner of the club, you are still getting paid. So, you know, but he still has to less... do his job in getting players in to keep them in the Premier League. But, but to be fair, you know, Mike, Mike actually got them into the Premiership. They kind of got him Benitez, which again, you know, and again, that's a kind of sore subject for me. But uh, you know, they they literally survived for. For, for quite some amount of his seasons, and you know he's kind of left Newcastle in the Premiership. No matter what you can say about Mike Ashley, he can put it on his CV. I got Newcastle in the Premiership, and you know she, they like survived when I was and got relegated again. <laughs> and to then Bruce. got them back up again. Bruce, Chris, let me ask. Chris. Let me ask you another question, right? Do any of you honestly believe that those chairman at Newcastle, the new chairman? wanted Eddie Howe as manager. That's question one. And then question two, I believe that they're not throwing money everywhere is because going down or going up, they've already got a plan with someone else coming in. It's just he's there for now until the season ends and they can get what they want. Because I wouldn't be surprised if you even see Rafa back there. 
I don't believe they, they ever wanted him. They probably didn't even know who he was. They probably had to read him up on Wikipedia anyhow. So, <laughs> you know, so I'm not, I'm not going to with him. I think he's a good manager, but I don't think they ever... You, yes, Chris, you've just said it. He's a good manager. Thank you very much. He's not a great manager. He's a good manager. Oh, he's a great I manager. I think he's a great manager. No, he's, 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 good, he's a good manager. Well, you great don't manager. think what he's done at, with Bournemouth previously. I know he took... I know, Recent history, but you I'm can't, about you can't play a great manager degree on what he's done. You can't. You can't. You can put him with, him up with no money. Doesn't matter. About to go first. Does. No, it doesn't matter. It's not. Yeah, it's, it does. It, no, it doesn't. It, 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 all I'm saying is you can't call him a great manager. Great manager is a bit of a strong yeah. term for. Him. For what he's done so at Bournemouth, I think you care. Would you class Not for Newcastle, no. as a class manager? So do you call do you call Sean Dyche a great manager or do you call him a good manager? Great manager. Great. Okay, if you both call him great as well, then okay, Eddie Howe's a great manager. But um for me, he doesn't fit great. Great for me, I, I picture different managers. What manager would you say is great then? Actually, you know what? Before we go into that subject, let's um, let's found himself uh, let's, a partner. Let's <laughs> You know, I'm just, I'm just kind of smiling, you know. Guardiola, if any of you come out with Pep Guardiola, I will sit there and say, <laughs> money always buys <laughs> trophies. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> all right, so, um, so we've got. 10 minutes left of the recorded uh, Monday Night Mayhem. Uh, Sean or Barry, do you have one more topic that you guys want us to talk about? That's what I'm doing. What do you say? Do you, um, Sean, Barry, do, do you guys have uh, one more topic that we can talk about for 10 minutes? Other than the, other than the African Cup of Nations that we're going to talk about anyway. In general, Sean, uh, nothing particular. Um, what no. about the cancellation of games? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cancellation of games. Sorry, I just, I just said it. I do. I don't mean I'm going to host it. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, hey. Um. I think uh, the. The North, the North London derby cancelled. Um, Liverpool's first oh, leg, I believe, was cancelled as well in the in the uh, Carabao Cup. Was it the Carling Cup? Uh, Quickly, I don't, I don't know. Know. Sorry, I've, I've been silent. I've just come home from coaching. I'm Chris. I came to the chat halfway through late. Um, just on what makes a great manager, it's a mark of a great manager, not somebody that improves the players that they have, whether those players cost sixty million or whatever, and does money have an uh, Although money, yes, does buy success, but does that necessarily make you a good manager because you could outspend no. your opposition? No, 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 I'm not saying that. So Eddie Howe would no. be a great manager then because he turned oh, hold two hold defenders stop, stop, stop. into yeah, exactly, yeah. Premier League defenders. So, sorry, guys, I just yeah, have to kind of quit there. Like, <laughs> you know what? You know what? You know what, Sean? It's it's just typical of you, isn't it? Like you just swan off somewhere so, so, and then you just come back and say, you know what? Let's kind of talk about Eddie Howe. To build on your Newcastle points earlier on, is their problem not a lack of sporting director? And the reason why they're not spending lots of money now is because they don't have that. Because reports were saying 
that they didn't even know Chris Wood had a buyout clause until they signed Kay and Trickray because they shared the same agency. So there's not really a cohesive plan in their in their transfer but transfers at the moment, other than can we just get better players than what's already here, which is not necessarily a bad thing in the situation they're in, right? Yeah, fair point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, listen. I mean, I listen. I mean, I'm I'm literally loving this conversation. I'm I'm just this is this is this is this is great. Um, but yeah, um, this is what happens when you turn up on time. <laughs> the two Chris's, honestly, like I need um. What? Probably gonna get relegated, right? And you wait. You don't want to join this project now. You want to join this project after three years when they've spanked it on players that weren't necessarily worth the money and they've worked out what they want to be and how they want to be. Have yeah, we got any other sign clubs? No, well, I mean, <laughs> well, we, we, will, um, we will probably definitely elaborate when uh, when we finish recording. Uh, but, yeah, um, let's, um, let's kind of just kind of talk about... Um, uh, fixtures being postponed. I mean, what do you guys think of it? I mean, is, do you think it's right? Um, are we kind of doing it for like the safety of the public? Uh, what's kind of people's opinions? Well, the North London derby was for the safety of Arsenal Football Club. Yeah. Because that was purely just, um, well, borderline corruption. But a lot of them have done it since Tottenham did what they did. But uh, I, th- I think unless there's COVID outbreaks, there's no excuse for cancelling games, especially when the ones... The managers that are moaning about um, outbreaks and whatever else are all the managers that have got three squads to choose from. You don't hear your Burnleys and your whatever's moaning in the same way, and 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 they're struggling. And I just I just think um, all these loopholes apparently that are there where they can just cancel games based on uh, I don't know for reasons that just aren't acceptable to me. I I don't think there should be any reason to cancel games, even with COVID in the Premier League especially with the academies that they have and the big academies they have, a lot of them are separated and segregated as such Yeah, Uh, this gives the opportunity for them academy graduates or the academy players to come in and show us what they've got like we want to see the next generation definitely so why is it not being done? being done that that for me is the most important part all these players have been waiting for their opportunity to step up they're it's not there the show. this is their chance and uh they're not being given just so games can get postponed so you can have your mm. first team players or whatever i i'm completely as a player as well if one team does it and get away with it They'll i know fully well that for safety reasons and also, obviously, for other reasons, why can't Arsenal do it? So why are they moaning? Tottenham did it for how many games? Four, three, four games? Yeah, yeah. The amount of players on the pitch. For example, in Spain, you got to have seven first-team player contracts yeah. on the pitch. So it's because, is it, is, do they have the rule in England also? I think they've got thirteen outfield players and a goalkeeper or something like that minimum. Something like that. I think. I think I read the other day. Yeah. How many? How many? 
rule, for example, in Brazil, in Brazil, they have no rules. Like, it doesn't matter if you filled in 20 youngsters. They don't care. Yeah. As long it's as you filled in, in Oh, well, then there's no excuses to cancel games. No excuse whatsoever. Uh, I, all I know. In Barcelona or Barcelona the other day played with seven first team players. The rest were youngsters. If one player would have gotten injured. Mm. I'm not sure yeah. if you guys have heard of what's happened in Portugal as well between Belenenses and Benfica. Uh, where Belenenses, <laughs> for whatever reason, they've got an under-23 squad and they had a B team, which they've disbanded. I believe it might have been because of unpaid wages. Wow. Uh, because they got relegated to the amateur leagues and they obviously didn't want to carry it on. So it was just a bit one of those where they killed two boards with one stone, basically. But they had to go to a game with uh, seven players and one of them was an, a goalkeeper playing upfield. Naturally, Benfica was 7-0 up at half-time and uh, the team decided that they didn't want to come back. So half-time lasted for like 20 minutes. When they eventually came back, the outfield goalkeeper went down injured and the game was abandoned, essentially. And there's still a debate whether they'll replay the rest of that second half or if uh, they're just going to replay the match at all. Or they don't really know what to do. What they should have done is probably cancel the game. I mean, I don't yeah. understand why Bellinenses didn't just use one of the, the under-23s player. I have no idea why, but oh well, that's what happened. And it was a bit made the league a bit of a laughing stock, really. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. And there's also there's debates now surrounding Kosi, the top goal scorer, because Darwin Nunez scored like three or four goals or whatever it was. So he's obviously shot the top goal scorer table, and it's all it all surrounds like the betting and all that as well, because people bet on the top goal scorer. They beat. Even people with like fantasy, prem, well, fantasy Portuguese Premier League are complaining because there's big prizes at the end of the year and you know the points and all that. So there's so much like because of the commercialization of the sport as well. There's just so much complaints around that game at the moment. And this was like a really long time ago, and it's still like it's still an ongoing debate. Yeah, on Argentina, for example, we were played played on the twenty. 20 uh, campaign in Libertadores, they play with 10 men, one full game, no subs whatsoever, no subs, not even a goalkeeper because of the players that got off either false negatives on COVID testing or COVID. But the, he played with full beat normal. That's zero. You had just 10 players, and he, always, I think, he won that match. I think River Play won that match. So I don't understand if there's no ruling for like minimum 13 players or like the amount of youngsters you can have on the pitch, I don't understand why you're canceling games. There's no excuse. Who cares if you play with a beast? That's the rules. He says you can field in, you gotta field in from seven to eleven players. Doesn't say how much punters, nothing about that. So I don't understand. Some players that might have been waiting their lives for that chance. What? Chelsea have got what? Thirty how many players out on loan? <laughs> they could field three teams almost, couldn't they? Yeah, they've got quite a yeah, probably are, They're probably on like two or three WhatsApp groups at this point of uh, players loaned up to clubs. <laughs> yeah. But I don't understand. All, the, all these big clubs that have these massive... Um, like, for example, Martin Tottenham got, got probably the best training facilities 
or arguably in the world, whatever. And yet, no one comes out of the youth setup really, since no. Harry Kane. You think yourself, Chelsea, all these teams, they should be producing because Tottenham, Tottenham don't give their youth the chance to spring no. up. No, not at all. They don't because but of that. If you're not going to use them, what's the point? I don't understand. Tottenham is the only London team that don't use their mostly use their oh, yeah. academy academy players. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, <laughs> so, uh, so, um, all right. So, I just want to say we've kind of just kind of uh, reached our hour. Um, I just want to kind of thank everyone that's literally contributed to this. Uh, podcast episode I've, I've really really enjoyed it uh, and again um, anyone that's listening please go and follow the Ultimate Football Network on Twitter and Barry or someone from, from the team will get in touch with you if you actually want to join the Telegram group Sean are you ready to start the recording Always. are you ready Sean no. <laughs> <Go> ahead, <then>. <laughs> All right, well, um, again, thank you all for listening and we will see you guys next week, Saturday.